he lied to her husband by george bernard shaw this play is one of the most delightful ones penned by the writer and it is completely unlike anything anyone can imagine one of the most wonderful plays by mr shaw full of quite unexpected turns when one is in the world of literature but quite normal in real life which is what makes it hilarious and sobering a very tra- talented and romantic poet who is in love with a beautiful woman who wishes nothing as much as seeing her every evening for a session of theater and dinner or at least reading poetry to her that is written for her in praise of her exquisite beauty and is ever ready to do anything his for his love she is married that is a problem he faces and she is married to a rich man who gives her everything she could wish for materially and socially but he is not romantic or he is not a romantic poet unlike the present lover on the other hand he is not stingy about providing her with an expensive social style with dinners parties artists invited and theater and carriages and jewelry still he is not not a poet is he literate that is hard to remember from the play does he appreciate her beauty more than in terms of his own pleasure one doubts to begin with these might be the pro- uh, problems that the lady faces with her husband there is a whole there is a whole setting the very beautiful and wealthy aurora who is married to a common businessman although able to have a social life of consorting with various artists and so forth and then the play begins to unfold the husband the very practical and very much bourgeois man who has provided his wife with everything she could ever wish for in terms of wealth and social life has now rumored to have found out about the poet and the wife someone has told the husband about the poet's writing extensive poetry every day about the wife and you know how the wa- wa- husband can react how the husbands will react and the wife has come to know about the husband having been informed she is frantic in worry about what will happen obviously she might be worried about her husband quite natural the poet who is in love with her, with the with aurora is writing poems to her willing to do anything for her whether taking her to taking her to a theater every evening or staying in and amuse her or even he is ready to get shot by her husband the poet is willing to do anything else anything she wishes while his own noble instinct is to accept the blame and confront the husband with the truth and walk off into the sunset with his beloved beautiful aurora what comes next is a typical show sequence of twists and turns that leaves one helpless in hilarious laughter while totally in sympathy with the poor poet i have no intention of spoiling the delight of reading further by saying another word about what is coming up next how he lied to her husband the play by george bernard shaw is a three character play is a one act play first of all there are three main characters in the play 
talking about the setting of the play particular play the three uh, the play is set in the drawing room of a flat located on the cromwell road in london show describes three characters first one the main uh, the three main characters described throughout uh, present throughout the play are henry abjon aurora bombas and mr bombas so these are the three main characters mentioned in the are uh, mr bombas the name of uh, aurora's husband is teddy teddy bomb uh, bombas so these are the three main characters in the play um describing aurora bombas she has the air, has an air of being a young and beautiful woman but as a ma- matter of fact she is or she pretends to be a young pretends to be more beautiful but is actually a female of about 37 hopelessly inferior in physical and spiritual distinction to the beautiful youth Ab- henry abjon henry abjon is a young character young uh, is a youth of 18 years henry abjon is a talented poet and an earnest lover he is in love with mrs bombas as i told earlier he is a boy of 18 years old 18 years and he lives in a very dreamy world he thinks that he can cross any problem in life through his love in the grip of emotions he says um he says we shall straight go to mr teddy and tell him we are going to live as wife and husband it is 8 o'clock in the evening when the play uh when the play opens it ha- begins like this and the descriptions in the uh, towards the beginning of the play says like it's 8 o'clock in the evening and describing the background the curtains are drawn and the lamps li- lighted in the drawing room of a flat in cromwell road her lover a beautiful youth of 18 in evening dress and cape with a bunch of flowers and an opera hat in his hands comes in alone so here uh, henry abjon is being described and he is seen in the flat of uh, mrs bombas or mr teddy teddy bombas uh, and he has a bunch of flowers a bouquet of flowers in his hand on the other side of the room there are many, like the room is being described towards the beginning of the uh, towards the beginning of the play there is a piano there is a fireplace on the other side of the room near the piano is a broad square softly upholstered stool the room is furnished in the most approved south kensington fashion that is it is as like a showroom as possible the setting of the room itself is given to show the, uh, to show that they are rich they are uh, well settled how uh, The, the, and to show that there is a difference in economic status between Henry Abjon and Mr Bombas the first thing that Henry Abjon does 
after entering the room in a dream like as if he is in a dream is to put his flowers down carefully on the table beside the fan. He then takes off his cape and uh, he finds no place to keep it so he keeps it, uh, he takes it to the piano and puts it, uh, he, uh, he keeps it on the table. He puts his hat on the cape, crosses to the hearth, looks at his watch and puts it up again. Notices the things on the table, lights up as if he saw heaven opening before him, goes to the table and takes the, uh, takes the cloud in both hands, nestling his nose to, into its softness and kissing it, the kisses, he kisses the gloves that were there. As he waits in that particular room, Aurora Bombas arrives. She is dressed for the theatre and wears many diamonds. She has an air of being a young, beautiful woman. But as I already said, she is not that, she is neither beautiful nor in her youth. The moment she enters the room, um, Henry Abjohn was actually looking into the mirror and she, he, and he uh, keeps it down, puts it down and he says at last, as if he was waiting for a long time and she has entered really late. Uh, the reply that Aurora gives to this is that something dreadful has happened and he asks, what's the matter? I have lost your pawns. They, they were unworthy of you. I'll write you some more. The reply that he gives. So what happens is that as soon as Aurora enters the room, she tells Miss, uh, Mr. Henry Abjohn that he, she has lost the poems Henry has written to her. So the reply that Henry gives her is that he'll write more poems. And her reply goes like this, no, thank you, never any more poems for me. How could I have been so mad, so rash, so imprudent? So her problem is that she uh, thinks that the poems will be discovered, will, will be, uh, she, the poems are in the hands of her sister-in-law. So there will be a problem in future in her life. And when Henry says that nobody will know that these poems are addressed to uh, her, she says that everybody will know because Aurora is a very rare name, unlike uh, the names Mary Jane or Gladys Muriel or Beatrice or Francisca or anything like that. Aurora, she is the only Aurora in London and everybody knows it. I believe I am the only in Aurora in the world. And it's so horribly easy to rhyme to it. So she thinks that once her sister-in-law gets the uh, pawns, she will definitely know that somebody has written or Henry has written it addressed to Aurora and their love affair will be public and her husband will know, get to know about the love affair. Henry actually says sorry for, uh, for having addressed that poem to a married woman and he uh, gets to know that and it was then he gets to know that Aurora has a sister-in-law, sisters-in-law. Uh, and when he asks Aurora about it, 
the reply she gives is that Teddy Teddy's got nothing but relatives. He has eight sisters and six half sisters and ever so many brothers. But I don't mind his brothers. Now, if you only knew the least little thing about the world, Henry, you would know that in a large family, though sisters quarrel with one another like mad all the time, yet let one of the brothers marry, they all turn on the unfortunate sister-in-law and devote the rest of their lives with perfect unanimity to persuading him that his wife is unworthy of him. They can do it to her, face, to her very face without her knowing it. So uh, Aurora's problem is that she has issues with her sisters-in-law who are actually communicating with her husband and telling uh, and, and backbiting uh, behind her, talking bad things about uh, herself to her husband Teddy and she thinks that this will create problems within their life. Um, and her own uh, need and what she tells is very interesting. The humor in the play comes through the conversation. And she uh, and here Aurora tells that there ought to be a law against a man's sister ever entering his house after he's married. I am as certain as that I am sitting here and Georgina stole those poems out of the workbox. So she thinks that jo uh, Georgina, who is, a, who is one of the sister sisters-in-law, uh, has stolen the poems she loves and has given it to her to Teddy. So um, the law she wants, the demand she wants is that there should be a particular law which enables or which prevents sisters-in-law entering the house of her brother once he is married. Henry says that she will not understand. Georgina will not understand the poems. And uh, the reply that Aurora gives to this is that won't she? She'll understand them only too well. She'll understand more harm than ever was in them. Nasty, vulgar-minded cat. So uh, what Aurora thinks is that Aurora is a little bit more based in reality. So she thinks that uh, Georgina will definitely understand the poems or, un or can uh, understand the poems too well. It's very clear. The poems are very clear and she'll easily know, get to know that there is a relationship going on between Aurora and uh, Henry Abjohn. Henry, who, is actually, uh, who actually lives in a dream world, thinks that people don't think in that way. People are not that crooked. He is very straightforward and so he thinks that people are not that crooked. And then Aurora cites an incident. Um, in her life, she says, Do you remember the evening when I sat here at your feet and read you those poems for the first time? I shouldn't have let you. I see that now. When I think of Georgina sitting there at Teddy's feet and reading them to him for the first time, I feel I shall go, I shall just go distracted. Henry says that he's not at all worried about uh, the poems getting stolen and uh, Aurora says that it's because he does not think about Teddy, her husband. And um, Henry says, Teddy is nothing and Georgina less than nothing. All these issues are like uh, neither Teddy nor Georgina or, the, uh, or the, her love, their love affair getting public is 
not at all a problem for henry who is actually in a dream world who lives in a dream world these this uh, the above given uh, lecture was almost a paraphrase of the pages um, 70 to 73 beginning